and welcome to episode 142 of Fun With Cars for coverage of the Indian Grand Prix somewhere in India. I'm Robin Warner. And I am Jim Lau, and it is the Bood International Circuit, Well, that's the name of the recall. circuit, but where is it? That's what, what major metropolitan area oh, it's is it Oh, it's by Noida. It's by what? Noida, kind of, you know, roughly. Uh, sure. Either way. I, it's not like well, I know India well enough. And to... it's not like this is likely to become a fixture of the Grand Prix calendar, because of course it happened this year, but it's likely not really happening ever again. <laughs> well, well ever, I mean, but... almost, it's like officially not happening next year, or very yeah. unlikely at and, this point. And there was actually a court case about it not even happening this year, as late as like Wednesday, people were suing each other trying to decide if this race could even go through that this year. That was year's. Wednesday, live in the now. Right. Why don't you tweet about it with your other friends? Well, I wouldn't, because I... Yeah. Because it was on at like 4 o'clock in the morning here, and I was not that dedicated to watching this race. But we have been able to watch it. Yes. And really, why I bury the lead any farther, uh, Sebastian Vettel is your four-time world driver's champion for Formula One. It, he has clinched the title for 2013, and it's, uh, that, that's, that's happened. He's the only driver to do this other than Michael Schumacher. The only one to win four times in a row. Yeah. Like that. Michael Schumacher won five in a row, of course, 2000 through 2004. Um, and when uh, Schumacher got to seven, everyone was like, well, that's never going to happen again. And what happens just a few short years later? I mean, ironically enough, if Vettel goes on to win his fifth consecutive in a row, he would do that exactly 10 years after Schumacher did it. Because he won his first one in 2010, subtract 10 from 2010, you have 2,000, and as I explain it, it all becomes clear. Anyway, here's the thing. You can blame Vettel for making things uh, boring this year. You can blame Red Bull for it. But at the end of the day, it is still an incredibly massive accomplishment right well there's two things about that i mean first of all i don't think many people really blame red bull if any you could say if you know is it formula one is it the way things are balanced is it tires is it whatever but you know i don't think most people are thinking oh red bull themselves like you guys should just intentionally you know go slower sometimes so it's more exciting i don't think many people are really calling out for that but the way uh so vettel the 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 finger the winning finger <laughs> was almost not in attendance today. Did you notice that? That was he's like he's had like a coach like a finger coach, you know, for public speakers and there's different things. So like you know all these times he came out and it wasn't the finger it was it was the fist. It was like <laughs> they, they may have just like taped his fingers together with his other finger so he couldn't do the like I'm winning finger because when it comes down to it, um, you know there's there's a lot of you know most people that really follow the sport and aren't just particularly into one one exact driver, one particular team, but who just sort of, you know, a level above enjoy the the sport and the combination of the man and machine and the engineering and the whole thing that goes into it, which I think is mostly, you know, to the most extent you and I. Um, yeah. You can't deny, you know, the ability of Red Bull Racing to design a race car and of Sebastian Vettel to drive that race car. So at the end of the day, you know, it's, it is still a very impressive performance. Um, but it's that damn finger. He's always <laughs> up there with them. So when you take the finger out of the equation, it's like, this is properly cool. I mean, he, he, he was able to just really do very, very, really well at this race and just do what he had to when he had to. Um, even before his teammate had trouble and retired, um, it was, he, you know, Vettel had pretty much, you know, laid all the cards out and it, you know, was looking like it was going to go his way anyway. 
But after he does the, uh, after he wins the race, he does donuts on track, earning the team a twenty-five thousand euro fine. I might add. Well, but he said, you know what? Screw it. I'm yeah. gonna do some donuts. This is take awesome. it out of my bonus. Right. And and then he, you know, he like gets out of the car and bows down to it and whatever. And it sort of, it's, it's really does not seem full of himself when he's not doing that finger thing. So <laughs> I love, I love how it is quite literally the finger that. I that think measures. it is. You know. I'll tell you more fundamentally what bothers me about this championship a little bit and it's a tiny tiny little bit but the the last it's and it's just i guess unfortunate timing the last two races and the way things have gone down with weber have been unfortunate and uh, you know weber's you know weber's race strategy last race versus vettel's was questionable and everyone was like oh okay yeah all right but there was this thing and whatever and then you know the alternate th- alternator uh failure for weber this time was like yeah Yeah, alternator stroke gearbox that was you know yeah anyway (laughs) right kind of some debate it was like oh it's a gearbox well it's the alternator well because the alternator wouldn't power the gearbox so it's an alternator but it's a gearbox but whatever either right i mean on on the way radio it was alternator is what they kept saying but point is it's just there's nothing like outright wrong about it per se it's just like all these kind of shady things happen, and of course, this was the year of multi twenty one, and uh, which, by the way, should be totally be the name of like some video game industry. It probably is, you know, like Jim and Warner Lau Productions and produce multi twenty one with the coolest racing game ever called Fun. We'll work on that. Yes. In the off season. I think multi twenty one. That's that... totally something we're gonna invent. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I it just enough compounding things. That went were, that were just kind of like intra team anti Weber stuff. Do you know what I mean? That's the one like taint of this season. Yeah. Although, <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna they're they're not gonna I don't you know push a button that says oh let's let's mess up Weber's alternator because that'll be fun. You know, it's not it's not a case of you know malice towards Weber nearly so much as it if anything, okay we're gonna you know, prefer to do this Vettel's way because the car is, you know, arguably built around his style and, you know, things are designed to work with him and whatever. So, I mean, unfortunate, I guess, is the right word, but um, it's, you know, let's not get, I guess, carried away with, uh, you know, that that Red Bull as a team would try to do anything less than get as many points as they possibly can if they have their, you know, it's not that points earned by Vettel are any more valuable than points earned by Mark Webber. Although, I just looked at the numbers real briefly. Sebastian Vettel does have 322 points. If he were his own constructor and Red Bull were not there, he would still lead the constructor's championship because Mercedes <laughs> only has 313 points. So, the, you know, it's not like Webber's contribution. Uh, so, Webber's contribution to, to Red Bull has allowed them to clinch the constructor's championship as well. We might, I mean, it's pretty common knowledge. So, but it, it yeah, is, quite handedly. That's a thing, but... Even without, if Mark Webber had not scored a single point, Red Bull would still be in the lead of the Constructors' Championship. That is kind of unreal uh, when you think about the way these things have happened in the past when it's all about two strong drivers and, oh, the only way we could get these points is, you know, solid points here in every race and, you know, two cars in the points and whatever. But, no, the way, you know, Vettel has been so dominating this year with his ten victories so far that uh, even he, on his own, would be in the lead of the Constructors' Championship. I think that's uh, noteworthy. Right. uh, Fair point. It's just difficult to not look at the way Red Bull's team team has been managed and the way different things have gone down 
to not look at them with a suspicious eye. Do you know what I mean? Like, a suspicion of what though? What do you suspect that Red Bull is doing? That's that's what is shady or or just anti-Australian? I mean, what are you thinking here? Yes, anti-Australian was was the main one I was thinking. Well, I mean, they I think they all just had a really bad case of of, of Vegemite you know, stomach aches, and they just said that's it. Australia's going down. No, think about it. It's, you know it, they're bringing Ricardo in for next year, right? I mean, the whole cycle just repeats itself. <laughs> and the world continues to turn. I mean, here's the thing. No, there's no overt reason, and it doesn't make sense either. It's But there just seems to be, I guess, if, if you're a conspiracy theorist. Which is a big if, but okay. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you have a lot of fodder. I guess is my point. So from a crackpot point of view, it's suspicious. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. They, they made field day for crackpots. All I'm saying is, is that it would have been nice, and it would have been even more honorable if Mark Webber had had a better shake this season as well, especially considering it's his last season. I mean, it's not you know the '60s anymore. This it's not where you know Webber's car retires. Vettel pulls over and says, "No, dude, hop in my car and go ahead and finish this Grand Prix. You can go for the win, buddy." You know, that just doesn't doesn't really happen. Um, so, hey, Mark Way may still get a win this year. There are three races to go, Abu there Dhabi, the U.S., and Brazil. But now that the pressure is off Vettel, finally he'll be able to loosen up and go quicker. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, so anyway, all right. We, we, you know, that's tangent number one. But it's big doings, though. You know, it's four big, constructors' championships in a, a row, huge... four drivers' championships in a row for such a young team. And, you know, there's all these there's stats and numbers. There's only one nationality that's been able to pull that off. Freaking Deutschland. Yeah, freaking A. And so, I yes, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about anyone else being world champion anytime soon or four times in a row anytime ever, but um, there you have it. Uh, so, I guess, you, you know, it is, it's, it's sort of, it's like almost sort of season wrap-up. It was cool that the um, that Vettel did win that you know clinching the championship happened with a win because we've had those awkward times you remember Jensen Button's championship yeah. where it's like he's not on the podium and yet he's the champion so he's what everyone's talking about but we're going to interview these three guys that are on the podium who won the race and they're excited about that but they didn't win the championship and F1 is a little bit awkward about that you know I also watched the IndyCar finale it was just last weekend yeah um, last weekend was awesome for for racing I mean there's six hours of torrential downpour from Fuji which was ended up being an 18 lap race which was interesting in its own right mm-hmm. there was uh, Petit Le Mans which had which ended within about 30 seconds of the green flag of the IndyCar season finale from Fontana, which ended uh-huh. up being a really dramatic race and really wild. But the whole thing, my point there was IndyCar, they interviewed the race winner, and but they also had, you know, actually even first, they interviewed the uh, championship winner, which you, have you followed that? You know yeah. what the deal is? Yeah, it's know, your boy, I know, man. I know that it was Dixon. Your yeah. boy, Scott Dixon. So Yeah, I, uh, I got to interview Scott Dixon, I, I don't know, two or three months ago it was. And he's totally a nice guy. And... Uh, we got to talk about uh, 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 Burt Monroe from World's Fastest Indian, and uh, we chatted up uh, Mid Ohio, and we. Well, chatted don't give up... it all away. We may have some some features on well, that later I'm for the saying... for the podcast. I, so well, you, but the point, point is, Scott Dixon is cool. You and, That's the you point. And, you and Dixie go way back. You probably call him we Dixie. We go way back. Yeah. But anyway, so any so he is IndyCar champion. But the whole the deal was, you know, the the media was was hip to the fact that like, hey, this guy just won the championship. I that's wanted to prob- call him Scotty, by the way, and he's yeah. like, dude, that's been taken. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Man. So, but they interview him and they have a whole like, dude, you're the champion. That's great. Even though Dixie. you didn't win this race, <laughs> you're just on it tonight. <laughs> 
And, uh, and F1 is a bit awkward about that. So if Vettel hadn't won the race, if he had come fourth, he still would have clinched the championship. But there wouldn't have been any kind of, like, press interview. You know, it's like, oh, you're going to get your trophy back in December in Paris, and that's all going to be great. Honestly, but, I mean, the way Alonso's race went, Vettel didn't have to score anything, and he still would have won the championship. Right, and <laughs> we were lo- I was looking at that, too, because there was all this drama. Oh, is Red Bull's car going to break, and what's going to happen after Weber's car failed? You right, know, there was right. Like, oh, we're so stressed, and we're crazy. And I was like... Not really. I mean, because Alonso is—he was eleventh at the at the end of the race, so just out of the points. Okay, if Vettel hadn't finished, he'd be—he'd get like a point, maybe two. And he but way, that's to... not—that's not Alonso pulling into the lead. That's just saying mathematically right. able to win the. That is just so. Even so, uh, you know, Red Bull still would have clinched the championship if Vettel had retired. And if, if somehow Alonso did win the race, or even you know, I think he came fifth or above. If if Vettel right. got zero points, he basically then had it to would be have been next seventy five points. Then it, yeah, then it would have been next week. You know, yeah. so it's like okay, yes, that's nerve wracking, and yes, if you're Christian Horner, you're going to tap your shoes and make your shoe sponsor really happy. But at the same time, it's like <laughs> of all the situations to be in, you really have this in the bag so many ways that you need not be quite so concerned about it. Um, I realize in the moment, of course, you're going to be concerned about any race win and points and any any championship, but. It's not the last race of the year. This is not like they're tied and one guy's going to pull ahead and you're going to have to. It's like you still have this, guys. So right. they, you know, they may have that that drama may have been a little bit overblown. But either way, Vettel won. I think he did it in style. He did not finger everybody, and I think that made. <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry, phrasing. I did, well, that's great. Yes. I like that. Um, and uh, and and you know, it sort of. I was like, all right, I gotta. You know, we've been we've been talking down to kind of the boring results and whatever, but. Elsewhere in the race, there was good racing to watch, so it's not like Vettel ruined that. And I, you know, I get, a, I get more respect for <laughs> the guy. Were, there were things Vettel didn't ruin. I mean, come on. I mean, the Lotus is Lodi almost took each other out. That they was did. wild. That and was interesting. Checo Perez had this amazing run at the end. Yeah, come I mean, fifth. top five for uh, Checo is uh, something that I'm sure. I'll be able to find something wrong with sooner or later. But <laughs> until then, props. Um, yeah, and a very good, uh, very good result for uh, uh, Nico Rosberg. Yeah, to... we didn't really see him like at all in the race. He was just quietly doing his thing, got his tire calls right, just was there, never had any close battles, which I guess, you know, is not terribly exciting. But that's, you know, the best they could have hoped for to, you know, to not uh, pass the Red Bulls on track. But, hey, take advantage when one falls out. You can come second to the other one. That's, you know, Mercedes just doing the best they can to get more points, and that does put them ahead of Ferrari in the Constructors' Chandings. Um, so they are now second in the championship, which, of course, is very big at that, you know, for Mercedes being trying to build up, build themselves up and the corporate interest and everything behind that. So it was really actually a very good day and very good result for Nico. And then Romain Grosjean filling out the uh, the podium um, after making a pretty uh, pretty epic pass over... Um, over Raikkonen and Massa yeah. in the closing stages where they were battling each other. Raikkonen's tires are falling off. I mean, there was, you know, you, you, you know, you, you were just there. You just watched it. But, I did. You know, I, but I, and it's funny. I actually, uh, I was more, I mean, cause Romain is, Romain is finally starting to put that, uh, put the right combination of, um, uh, aggressiveness and composure together where he can be, where he can really stick his nose um, out when he needs to, but then just rein it in, keep the car under him on in all our places, and it's starting to come good for him. You know, he's getting on the podium more often. He's scoring three more in points. a row on the podium. I mean, that's hey, solid. That's very solid. But to be totally honest with you, I was more happy to see and more impressed with uh, Felipe Massa. First of all, he did much better than Alonso. He led this race for a point in time, and he did that with proper passes on track. Brilliant. 
Well, and Vettel pitting early. But... Well, okay, that didn't hurt. But uh, <laughs> I mean that you. I mean that's that's when anyone has a chance to lead anymore these days. Right. That isn't Vettel. Um, but for him to hold on to that and get a, the strong race result, I mean, I was a little bummed that Massa didn't get on the podium, completely for emotional reasons. But still, fourth place is a very good thing for him. And I have to say that it's great. And yet sad to hear that Felipe Massa is in apparently fairly advanced talks with Williams. Oh, Williams is one of the greats of Formula seeds. 1. Williams just has a long and storied history. They have you know, more, all, all-time they wins have more list. world championships than McLaren. Does. Right, so I don't see how that could possibly be a bad move. I mean, if it's not Ferrari, the next best, really, you got to say Williams. Yeah, yeah. you totally got to say those things. So just... <laughs> to briefly look at the, where the Williams came, we had Mastor Paldonado, as we'll call him, in 12th. Ah, Mastor. And Valtteri Bottas in 16th, one ahead of the Marushas. You know what so, bums me out about Pastor is that I always think of Takaria whenever I see his name. You know, and it's like, I don't need that. Yeah, I know. Then you just get hungry. And exactly. Then it just, yeah, it kind yeah, of goes off good. the rails. Not good. So who loses the seat if Massa gains it? Uh, well, Pastor Maldonado and his PBDSA, you know, Petrol Venezuela, whatever money, um, may go somewhere else where he's more needed uh, for, for money or something. I mean, there's been I mean, there's been all kinds of permutations, although it looks like uh, McLaren is now back to being happy with Jekyll Perez. Yes. Their sporting director, Sam Williams, has come out and said, you know, I can see no Sam reason. Sam Michaels. Sam Michaels, right. Sorry, he was at Williams. Sam, and Sam I Williams, a fictional character. Yes. Um, Sam Michaels, of course, long time for Williams, and then now at McLaren, and, and just enough to keep me confused. I just finally got, you know, the, the BMW Williams is, you know, not a thing anymore. I just finally got that worked out. And anyway. Um, no, he had an interview and said, oh, yeah, I see no reason why these guys, you know, we're, we're very happy with them. Right, I see no reason right. that they're not on the, that won't be our drivers next year, which is kind of a funny thing to say because, of course, um, that's not the same thing as this is a signed agreement saying that these will be our drivers next year. It's sort of like, it's, you know, you could imagine, you know, in a press release tomorrow, they could come out, the team's like, oh, well, I saw no reason not to have the drivers, but these guys did, and that's not our drivers. Hey, look, Pastor Maldonado and the McLaren, you know, who knows, right? Right, right. right. So it is, that it's not confirmed, um, and it seems a little bit weird that it wouldn't be confirmed. Just, I mean, I guess they say they're in no rush, and they can announce it after the season, but it seems like if, if it is a done deal, why not just say, hey, it's a done deal? And then people can talk about other stuff meh, rather than you know meh whatever. I mean you never know with uh, with politics. The other thing that was interesting about I thought McLaren was very fascinating to watch because they had Jensen Button talked about ahead of the Indian Grand Prix that because McLaren isn't as strong as they want to be this season, they are they have the luxury to take more risks because it's not like they have a world championship to lose. You know clearly now we know that for a fact. Right. But the that. So they started doing radically different things to Jensen Button's setup. Yes, that was hilarious to me. Which I I also found funny, and I they didn't the, the amount of research I did didn't get to any of the nuts and bolts of what that meant. It's like oh, instead of two degrees of Campbell, we have two point one. Ooh. Well, so I was reading through articles, catching up because uh, I had a kind of a busy weekend. So I was looking through, you know, my my reader where it's like you know articles and they kind of just one after another after another to kind of page through them. And it was like, okay, you know, McLaren to try radical setup with Button's car, you know, to, as, to see if they're in the right, going the right direction for the 2014 machine. And so I didn't read the article. I was like, oh, cool, that's the headline. Right on. Page through, like, another, like, four, five articles later, and it's like, radical setup, 
loses time, very bad idea, not going to work. Like, it was like <laughs> radical setup, no, abort, like we'll not race this setup, this is bad. It was like Friday practice one, and they were like, hey, we got this idea, this is going to be great, this is going to see we're on the right track for our 2014 car. <laughs> And, like, you know, it was pro- probably half a day later, but in my reading it happened, like, you know, right, right, 30 right. seconds later. It's like, yeah, don't don't go that way. Don't that was that not way. the right idea. So, <laughs> But here's the thing. Okay, all right, that's definitely good information to include. But in qualifying, the McLarens in Q2 looked quite strong. And I found that fascinating. Right. Maybe well, they just got lucky with timing. Well, I mean, they did end up going, uh, starting ninth and 10th, so, you know, into Q3, but only only just... Um, and then, of course, Checo Perez ending fifth with uh, with a solid run, especially in the, uh, in the closing laps. But Jensen Button was in 14th, dude. Lap, I know. Lap down. Not a good race. Not, lap down. Not a brilliant I setup. I mean, his pit strategy was odd, so I think that he complained about a second set of tires he was on or the first set or something and went for an earlier-than-planned pit stop. That's my guess. Right. So either way, that was... Um, I mean, unfortunate for, for Jensen. But, you know, a good, good work, Checo, um, coming up to fifth from ninth. But Duke Grosjean, I mean, we didn't even mention, he started 17th. The dude was out in Q1 because he screwed up qualifying. The team gave him the wrong tires or whatever. But Yeah, I remember that. He's on the podium. Well, that's all well and good. But he started 17th. Like, that's that's pretty great to not only be on the podium but had a ridiculously long run on the opening tires. Uh, was able to just one-stop this thing, keep uh, just make it happen, and... Uh, and come home third. I mean, that was that was huge. Yeah, well, the one-stop aspect of it was quite impressive. And I did find it odd, uh, we haven't talked about this yet, that um, Pirelli said, hey, you don't have to do this, but we strongly recommend no more than 15 laps on the soft tire and 35 laps on the medium tire. And most people's strategies vibed well within that anyway. But a couple of people ignored that. And here's what was fascinating to me about it. They mm. said, look, you don't have to do this, but... If you have a tire problem, I'm assuming it meant delamination or uh, or a pop of that kind, some, something like that, that FIA was going to be pissed at you and scrutinize you. So if you had a tire problem and you were outside of the 15 or 35 lap window, you were going to get a stern talking to. And I found that odd. I don't know that stern talking to was the thing. I feel like it's kind of like the laws against jaywalking where it's like, I don't know anyone who's actually just like gotten arrested or gotten in really trouble for just for jaywalking. But if you're jaywalking... You might know someone. They just might not have told you. Right. Well, I don't know of anyone because it's a ridiculous thing. And we live near Ann Arbor, so you'd think if anywhere someone were going to get in trouble for jaywalking, it would be No, there. it's the exact opposite. Oh, okay. If you live in Ann Arbor... Then you have and, to jaywalk. And someone's jaywalking, you'll get in trouble for not, like, cheering them on loudly enough. Got it. Yeah, that's how it works. Jerks. So, but, so no, under normal circumstances, okay, that on its own isn't going to matter. But if something goes wrong, if you get hit by a car... And under normal circumstances, be like, dude, what's the car doing? Be like, oh, well, this guy wasn't crossing in a normal place. He was just crossing the street in a weird spot. So it's like only if it comes down to a problem will this even matter. And even then, the the you know the problem. So I think it's not that you get a stern talking to, you'll get fine or something. It's just a matter of then if you come to, to the FIA and go, oh, Pirelli's making unsafe tires. These things are crazy. You're putting my driver at risk. Pirelli can be like, dude, we said 35 laps and you went 45. So. We told you this was outside the operating envelope, and you went out well, the envelope, and you broke it. But, but no one had, but they, but they were fine. Yeah, and that's what's funny, because when they said that, I instantly thought of Lotus. It's like, if there's going to be one team that might be able to push this envelope, Lotus is. And, and it's funny, because Raikkonen really tried to push that envelope, and then it ended up going wrong for him. He got a paper cut from that envelope, dude. It was not good. He had, not he had to pit on good. the second-to-last lap, the lap and a half to go. But what was cool is he went on to a brand new set of soft tires and obliterated the uh, fastest lap and ended up as the uh, 
as Rocky told uh, told Vettel, he's like, yeah, Raikkonen's on a fresh set of tires, so he's going to obliterate your lap, which is his way of saying, like, you shouldn't have gone for fast lap anyway. We told you to settle down, right. oh, Vettel. Rocky was so funny because, you know, Christian Horner gets on the radio. He's like, you're four-time world champion. Oh, bloody amazing, bro. Rocky's like, you won the world championship. We'll talk afterwards. It's like, we will talk about this later, young man. <laughs> and it's like, Rocky is just the consummate professional. You can't. You can't turn it off. Yeah, man. And good. For, I mean, fine. I mean, you know, obviously he does his job well, and uh, we're not going to blame him for it. But it was quite funny to me, and it was. I did think that it was funny that that was Rocky's like little jab at Vettel. Yeah. Well. So and it was. I mean, I guess obliterated might be the word. But Kimi Raikkonen's fastest lap was half a second faster than uh, than Vettel's, and it was Vettel. And actually, behind him, Adrian Sutil. Um, who also had a ridiculous long uh, first stint, yes. and then uh, took his pit stop, and and uh, so that was on, actually on the on the, the very last lap was uh, was Adrian's fastest lap, which was then third fastest, and it went on down from there. So did you look into? Because I I mean I, my day was different. Jim and I did not get to watch this race together, so I have not been able to learn anything about what happened to Nico Hulkenberg. Because here that that you know he was once again having another brilliant run. And then the car just just failed on him right at the end. What five laps to go? No, the official Formula One uh, readout of who ended up where and what the deal was says technical. Something got a bit too technical for Hulkenberg. Oh. No, we don't know. Um, oh, I, so there wasn't. There hasn't been any cool article that you saw. If there was, that I did not see it. So. Well, you are a really good speaker, and you say intelligent things. So I suggest you do that for a moment, and I'm going to look right now. So after all this talk of Vettel and the PR coach and the finger and the whole thing, as, as soon as we started talking about this... and the whole thing. I talked about autosport.com, and the whole thing in the picture of Vettel, finger, right yeah, there, uh, yeah. right there. Yeah. So, you know Which, what? you know, that's great. It's, uh, yeah. Um, so then <laughs> on the podium, so we did have a uh, cool tart on the podium, so it wasn't, you know, awkward old man situation this time. Um, and interviewing uh, Grosjean, and he's like, actually, you know, it's like, hey, this guy over here just won the world championship for the fourth time in a row, and that's cool. This other guy, Nico Rosberg, yeah, he came second, and that was really cool too. Um, but you did the best thing, talking about Grosjean. And Grosjean said, oh, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have bet a penny that I, that I would come on the race. I thought he said penny. All the articles say he wouldn't have bet a peanut. Which I think is way more funny because, like, at what point <laughs> are you going to be like, dude, I'm totally, do you want to bet that Grosjean is going to be on the podium? Be like, yeah, what do you want to bet? Oh, I'll bet a peanut. Like, one, one peanut, though. Like, I but, don't want to even bet one peanut. But we are... I mean, a penny wouldn't be what they say in Europe, right? I mean, there's I mean, there's not a penny... There's, there's like, not a penny euro, is there? Like yeah, I a think pe- so. One there's, one hundredth of a euro, euro. Yeah, there's euro pennies. Well, I mean... Then right. why do they got to copy us? Euro coins, the euro equivalent of a penny. Hold on. Yahoo Answers has a thing for us. A oh. cent. Well, um... I, I just looked up Nico Hulkenberg on online, and uh, I didn't. I haven't found out why his car broke yet. But the top thing I just ran into was a Sky Sports article saying Eric Boulier of uh, Lotus says that either Nico Hulkenberg or Pastor Maldonado will join Lotus. Yeah, man. There's your money deal. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> talk about yeah. Talk about talent versus income, man. That's a uh, yeah, that's how that's going down. 
So wait, what did we do? And, but then it, did we learn anything about his Nico Hulkenberg is front runner to replace Lotus. Hulk, uh, Boye then goes on to say Hulkenberg is my first choice. This is the segment where we just read our websites to you. <laughs> well, thank you for announcing the segment because that is your job, Jim. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, I gave you a pr- fairly clear, I would say, a set of action items to do, and uh, I, it's about about time to see. Well, do you have them. do you have any insight into what what became too technical for Hulkenberg yet? I mean, no. is that okay? See, no. neither did I. Whatever. That's, that's not even that important. <laughs> I was moving on. Okay. Yes. Let's live in the on. now. I'm okay. I'm in the now. So let's not even talk about it now. Let's live into the future. Oh, let's do that. 2014. New F1 driver on the grid. How do you pronounce his name? <laughs> I don't know, but he's Russian, right? He's, he's Russian, dude. Daniel, 19. I guess it's Daniel or similar to Dan. D-A-N-I-I-L. And then K-Y, wait, K-V-Y, K-V-Y. Yes, that, that's it right that's there. That's how you got to sing it a little. It's okay. That's a Russian accent. <laughs> it's one of those. Yeah. So, yeah, in the Scuderia Toro Rosso. I'm, I'm really good at pronouncing things. So, John Eric Verne stays on for next year. He's, he's like, dude, I didn't get the Weber, you know, the Weber seat. I'm not happy about that. That's yeah, lame. But, but I'm still driving a Formula One car. So. Still driving a Formula One car, but he's like all French about it. Then you got Daniel Kvyat um, coming over um, from Russia. He's like, so he's like he was in GP3, and it's a sort of this fast track to F1 kind of deal. Um, yeah, which when, and they GP say, to, but GP3 though to F1, it, in my opinion, that's a big jump. I mean, right? Kimi Raikkonen, you know, famously did. Formula Renault right to Formula One. That's a bigger jump, admittedly. But still, you know, GP3, I think they make more power than a Formula 3, but, you know, that's the level we're talking about, roughly. Right. So there was an interview, and Helmut Marko says, oh, no, the fact that there's a Russian Grand Prix has nothing to do with it. We did not consider that when hiring a Russian driver, which is one of those kind of PR things that, you know, we're kind of against. It's like, you're going to consider all kinds of stuff. It wouldn't be the weirdest thing in the world to admit that, yes, that's part of the consideration, but then it's sort of, oh, do we admit that, or do we say that it was just this or that or whatever? So, yeah, I mean, he was not on my radar, to be honest. Um, but no. also announced um, for Sauber is uh, Sergei Sorotkin, apparently, is uh, is now signed for Sauber. Um, with, uh, so it's two, we go from zero to two. We had Petrov, of course, a year ago. Um, but now this year, zero Russian drivers going to two Russian drivers next year with oh. Sergei Sorotkin in the Sauber and Daniel Kvyat, something like that, in the STR. Right. So that's just new dudes, man. New new faces on the grid. Big doings. Otherwise, um, we have not had um, confirmation if Guido Vandegarde is going to be in Caterham next year. That could go back to Hickey Kovalainen. and he could like put his whole like, I don't want to be a pay driver aside and be like, I do want to drive an F1 car. And come back and drive for Caterham. We don't know. That's, right. That's TBA. Right. Um, obviously, we know the deal with Ferrari, and uh, but we don't know. We have nobody signed yet for Force India or Lotus, actually. Um, although you know Grosjean is looking, you know, more and more likely for that. But it's actually still not official. And uh, and even Jensen Button is officially it's, it's, signed for McLaren. It's not official, but I mean, at, at this point, I'm willing to bet on it. A oh, peanut. I'm, I'm willing to bet <laughs> a peanut and a penny. Ooh. Yeah. Or a euro cent. What or if you had a euro, or a euro Yeah, I mean, I seriously, the first thing that came to my mind was like, a farthing? I don't know. It's not like shillings or something Well, anymore. that's what I'm uh, thinking, like, you know, old-time English imperialism money. Yes, one of those. It one was one hundredth of, those. of one of those. I bid two bits, yes. which is way more than a penny, by the way. Where were we? We were talking <laughs> about the future. Well, so, okay, so to wrap up this year, though, um, three more races. We've got, okay, so Abu Dhabi is just coming right up, and, uh, and then we get to the races that are on our time zones. Thankfully, yes. close enough at least. 
um, with Texas and uh, seeing the second race at the Circuit of the Americas, which should be... It is funny because they do just bounce around our time zone because it's one behind and then two ahead. Right. Jerks. Jerks. But uh, let's see. When uh, Abu Dhabi... Oh, man. These dates are all freaking me out over here. But yeah, that is just this coming week. I mean, that is yeah, just a week yeah, away. And yeah, then we've well, got I, a week November off. November 2nd. No, 3rd. November 3rd? Well, it's the... First, second, and third, because it's the Friday and Saturday. Right. And <laughs> but yes, uh, and that even being evening at least makes it a reasonable, reasonable time zone and all that. So anyway, we're it's this we're this the closing stages here. The championship has been clinched, but uh, we can still see you know who comes second in constructors. You know, it's Ferrari overtake, and actually Lotus is not that far behind either. I mean, they're all really quite close together. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the same story that it has been. I mean, last year and the year before were kind of this way as well. 2010 was Vettel's first. That one was more exciting. Uh, 11, 12, 13 have been less so, but the race to second place still stays interesting. And other little, you know, battles up and down the uh, up and down the grid. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm sick of hearing you talk, Jim. I wanna, I wanna see what other people have to say. And now it is time to hear some more of my voice. Now reading the words of other people. But you still have to hear my voice. Exactly. Yeah, but your voice smells like poop. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So uh, we have been, it's been awkward time zones for us in a while, so we've really not been very active on hash, or sorry, pound FW cars in uh, Twitter in the recent weeks. But we still uh, very much... Quit pounding my hash, Thank you to uh, Ryan Higgins, Tally Ho Racer, and Geek Girl F1, um, who have been... My favorite uh, Geek Girl. keeping uh, Keeping the hashtag alive. And, uh, you know, just, just a couple little comments and, and little fun bits and bobs. It would have been a lot cooler if we had been uh, tweetering live, but we were not because this thing was at like 4.30 in the morning, and, you know, I was we were not able to do that. Yes, but hopefully for the penultimate and final races, we'll be all over that, right? I mean, that's kind of my hope. Dude, yes. Um, yes, we should be all over that. Although, and I have to say, oh, oh boy, I don't know if I've told you this, Jim. There's, a, there's actually a chance I'll be going to... The Austin Grand Prix live. Oh, dude, thanks for the invite. I appreciate that. No, it's no. See, that's that's why I haven't told you yet because you're not invited. Duh. No, the, the, here's the thing. I, I have another friend who lives right here with us, but works in Texas all the time, and he works out of out of Austin, and he's gonna be in Austin for work during that weekend. So I basically said, you've got to buy tickets to this race, and I said, if you do, I might come. And uh, then we can kind of make it a kind of make it a weekend thing. And I would not drive; I would fly. Wow, a friend—that's amazing. I have a sister with whom I was—I shared a womb. We were born on the same day. We 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 were developed from a would, cellular you, you level told, today. You always say that she's your younger sister. So how am I supposed to? How would you share a womb? Younger by four minutes. Come four on, minutes. still four minutes. But four she minutes. will be in Austin and may have a couch that I can crash on. So maybe I'll go with her instead. So screw you, hippie. I don't need your sharing. So we're both gonna show up at like turn nine, going, oh, hey. Hey, hey, hey! So you, so you made it. <laughs> anyway, there were people talking on Facebook as well, and it, you know, I it makes me feel just as yeah, because I feel like I need to slap my own wrist. We've not been as active as we should have been, but you guys are all brilliant. And don't slap might, the injured wrist though. Go slap the good wrist. The good wrist. The good wrist is hanging on to the bad one. <laughs> uh, Lori Jordan said, "Loved Kimi's radio message." You don't need to yell. 
What? I don't. I never heard that. I don't know even know what that's in reference to. Yeah, that may have been. I think it was she in Canada gets BBC coverage, and I think that was a replay or something that we didn't get here in the U.S. But uh, yeah, maybe at some point when those tires were going off and the closing stages and things were getting haywire, maybe someone was yelling at him on the radio. But either way, that's funny to be as a driver. Be like, dude, you don't need to yell, and it's Kimi, so he's probably all low key. Yeah, dude, you'd be right. seriously, you don't need to yell. Or, or, was it someone saying to Kimi, you don't need to yell? Who knows? I mean, it's gonna be he's Ferrari bound anyway. And uh, so it's, it's probably going to start to get a little bit weird, but whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, so and, um, you know, definitely some talk about, uh, you know, Red Bull and Vettel winning the championship. And, uh, you know, James Peng, uh, among others, I expressed quite concisely his displeasure. So, um so okay, it's and, understandable. In happier news on Facebook, Iga Zizanska has uh, mentioned that Robert Kubica is WRC two champion. Yes. So cheers to all accident recoveries and those who never give up. Ah. And I think I think we can all get down with that sentiment. How nice of you. That's nice of you to say. So thank you for all that. And uh, if you're not part of the conversation, please do visit funwithcars.com, where you can comment on the pages. You can see links to email us. You can go to Facebook and Twitter and and follow pound tag. Hash fun with cars, pound fun with cars, whatever. Wait, I've did you say pound tag? Pound tag. As in, it's a tag with a pound sign in front of it. I'm going to... You know who hates that? English people. <laughs> it's not a pound sign, it's a hash symbol. So we were on a conference call and it was like, please enter this, followed by the pound sign. And these guys were like, it's not a pound sign, it's a hash. And so, you know, it's a thing apparently over it there. It is so funny. I am reading currently, I'm in the middle of a book called Eats, Shoots, and Leaves. And it's a book by um, uh, Lynn Truss. And she is a you know English expert who is English and uh, is writing about punctuation, all these kind of things. And it's so funny because there are these you know occasional quips about how Americans do things. And of course, the book I'm reading is you know the Americanized version slightly. So it's got a foreword that says, "Hey, America, it's a thing." It's, okay. <laughs> it's got cheese in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Bacon. it's so funny because I'm like, "Color, C O L O U R." Maybe you should Losers. check your punctuation, young lady. Anyway, it's funny all the little differences that prop up. Because it is obviously the same language, but there's teeny tiny little differences. Yeah. I'm glad we've cleared that up now. Is, isn't that, like, important This has been Fun With Cars International Relations. And now it is time to table that conversation. Which means two different things in our country and theirs. Isn't that crazy? It totally does. Because it is. Okay, this means it's time for predictions, and I am going to boldly predict something that you, you being the general listening audience here, would never guess. I am going to predict what Jim Lau is going to predict for Abu Dhabi. And wow, I even predict... before looking at what happened for, for India. Right, because wow. what happened for India? We all predicted Vettel, and guess what happened? Vettel was on pole and won. We did not. Also, Damien thought that Weber was going to be on pole and that Vettel would win, and Damien got three points. So screw Damien, the spreadsheet. You and I tied for first place with zero points. Woo! Nailed ah, it. Team Human. Team Human. Which had also 40 other folks uh, that also predicted Vettel Vettel. Oh, we had a couple, well, a couple of little lucky or, yeah, you know, hung Hamilton or... Vettel, some Vettel Grosjeans. We had two folks with Grosjean for the win. Um, a handful of Hamilton Hamiltons, which seems weird at this point in the game, but uh, a couple of Vettel Alonzos thinking Alonzo was going to win. That was not the best call for this time. No. 
And, uh, yeah, and then a, a couple of Weber Webbers, which also uh, not a great totally, way to go totally unfortunate. this. So, but 80 people still predicting, which is excellent, very, very much excellent. And everyone below there predicted Chilton Vandergaard because of the way the system works. So where works. does that put you now? Because you were 60th some time ago. Yeah, well, let's actually see. I have to, I'm still not – I'm nowhere near the top ten. Oh, I'm on the first page. Yes. Oh, my God. Look at me. I'm only five points behind Damien. Only five points. So you, you, you sir, could reel him in. I have 46 points. I have 112. But I am in 28th spot in the overall standings. I have been I have Nico Hulkenberging this prediction season. <laughs> I'm just near the end. It's just all coming good for me. So and in here here I am just going to go bold and predict something. So you have a prediction for what my prediction is. Yes. So I need to say my prediction first, and then you can say what your prediction of it is. But how we know you're not you're not faking it? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet a peanut on that. My prediction is. That you were going to predict the same as me. And I just predicted, it's already done, that Sebastian Vettel is going to be on pole and Sebastian Vettel is going to win the race. Sebastian Vettel. Because, oh. whoa, what else could it be? Sebastian uh, Vettel has never won at Circuit of the Americas. Okay, Lewis Hamilton has won every we're single not going race. to Circuit of the Americas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then yeah, it's gonna be Vettel Vettel. I'm thinking too far. I'm I'm see I'm on this next level thing. Yeah, Abu Dhabi, yeah, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. So what does that mean? I predicted correctly about what you were gonna predict. I am amazing at this. Yeah. It's uh although now it's not he's not under pressure. It's gonna be something what if something crazy happens? What I'm if, tempted to put Weber. I've actually got Weber selected right now, but it's really that's not a good call. Yeah, it's not going to be Weber though. Yeah. His alternator is going to break, or his tires are going to fall off. Look, or... I mean, you know, something's going to happen, and Vettel will have a retirement. That will happen, and there's a good chance that some people will predict Vettel when that does happen. But it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. <laughs> You know, it's just one of those it's just one of those sad truths of the world. I mean, here's the thing. Like a lot of people got turned off of Formula 1 um because of there's it is becoming predictable in many ways. How anyway, it's in rain one down. way, okay, who's going to win? But then but, all the rest there's still stuff. But that's exactly it. It's, it's not the only thing that happens. It's still extraordinarily fascinating sport and of course I'm not going to miss it. Of course I want to see how it, And again, I mean, how Vettel wins is still fascinating. You know, this was definitely different than last race. So, and who comes second and third? I mean, this was a good podium. But this was fun stuff. I don't know. I, it's not worth turning off. Okay, so in this in this case, I didn't watch qualifying. I didn't really have time, um, and I don't think I missed much. I, don't th- I guess the drama Grosjean going out in Q one. I guess that would have been slightly dramatic or whatever. So it's like, okay, that's not Grosjean necessarily... going in Q one. That was a little dramatic. The McLaren's doing as well as he did in Q two. That was dramatic, and then uh, there were some bits in Q three because. Um, going for the soft tire versus the medium tire, some people were hedging their bets there. Hmm. Yeah, but either way, so, so, so it's not you, like you okay, were wrong. you should have watched qualifying. Yeah, that's true. All right. I still, dude, I still haven't seen the race from Korea, man. My TiVo screwed it all up, and then I was all gone, and then I came back, and my TiVo, it was no good. I still, I want to watch that race. Though, that's so. a good race. I know. Well, I'm working on it. Vettel, all right, Vettel won eventually. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I want to see how he won. <laughs> I want to see Formula G. Did, did I ruin it? Was that a spoiler? Spoiler. Oh. <laughs> So we and lots of folks, I guess, are just going that Vettel is likely going to win this race uh, and be on pole in Abu Dhabi. And um, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
visit funwithcars.com because, you know, it's the cool, all the cool kids are doing that, and uh, there's links to all the other cool stuff that we do. And if you are just, you know, jonesing for information about the New Jersey street circuit, Port Imperial street circuit, you know, you can watch our video about that. You know, there's all kinds of fun yeah, stuff totally you can do there. there. And I, totally will say, there. I will say that uh, nothing official is, is going to happen yet, but I, I, Jim and I really want to work hard to keep the show and the website and everything hopping with cool, interesting stuff throughout the year so the off season um if you're starting to think about that uh, especially since the championships are decided really should be called on season because as far as we're concerned it's on it's on oh okay we got third <laughs> but anyway the point is is that we're going to try to bring um cool stuff to keep everyone entertained while formula one cars aren't zipping around racetracks in fun interesting ways gia so until then i am jim lau and i am Ruben robin warner Closing with a poem. Oh, seriously? No, not seriously. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the kilt. The kilt, I'm sorry. It's, uh, you, you deserve better than this. That's true. I'm Robin Warner, though. And, uh, I guess I said that already. You did. Well, you said Ruben, and then you said Robin. I did, I did. I said, I actually said Ribbon. <laughs> so, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's time for bed. <laughs> <laughs>